Welcome to Finding Your Way, a podcast designed with survivors in mind. Conversations on this show help guide listeners toward finding solutions for safety and support as they navigate life from being a victim to becoming a survivor of violence. I'm your airtime advocate, Sarah Smith, and I represent a team of professionals from Care Lodge Domestic Violence Shelter, home-based in Meridian, Mississippi. Thank you for joining us today. I have my friend and cohort, Brittany Mosley, and I'm going to let her take it away with sharing what's on her heart. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, I'm Brittany Mosley, and I serve as the president for Rise Above Poverty. It's a nonprofit that focuses on empowering people to improve their quality of life by making um, effective wise decisions that will get them to their best life and I'm really excited about being a part and we're doing a lot for example every March we honor women in the community who are sheroes you know we also honor men in the month of June um men who rock and it's just to just let people know hey thank you for all you do um, and that is a part of rising above part because a lot of times, you know, the morale of our work and our lives and the roles that we play in our families and with our friends and our relationships, you feel like you're forgotten. Mm-hmm. And to have someone say, hey, thank you for all you do, is amazing. And the biggest thing that we do every year is in December, which I definitely will talk more about that as, you know, the months go on is the holiday giveaway that we give. We give um, to people in need during the Christmas holiday um, a dinner, basically, to be able to to feed their family during the holiday season. And it's one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen. I think last year we served, I think, about 85 families on average. Um, And it was really good to know that we were helping in the community. Um, so I do that, and then I'm also a bureau director with the State Governmental Agency. Um, I work a lot with community partners, and I focus on how we can strengthen our collaborations in serving the public. And I am a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, and I just do whatever I can to help others. And what's been on my heart lately is self-discovery. Mm. Um, during the pandemic, I really have taken a hard, deep look at myself. And there are ser- several areas in my life that I knew I need to improve on. And I feel like the best time to work on them is now. You know, you're at home. Um, perfect thing to do in terms of your family. Instead, you know, you, you don't see them, but a certain amount of hours in the day. Because if you work eight hours a day, you know, you you may see them three, four hours a night. But it's a now, because of the pandemic, you see them every day, all day, you know. So I wanted to make sure that I focus on strengthening the relationships, um, me being close with my husband, me being close with my one-year-old son, trying to develop that bond, um, reaching out to extended family members. And not even just that just personal development, things that I've been wanting to do, uh, starting a garden, you know, a flower garden, or um, reading. It's so many different things. So that's been on my heart. The other thing that's been on my heart is I am so concerned about 
uh, the mental health of every individual affected, whether they're a healthcare worker or someone that's dealing with the coronavirus. It is very massive in how it is affecting each and every one of us individually. And I'm praying that everyone is taking care of themselves and practicing self-care. Thank you. Um, you know, what's interesting is I started a garden too through all of this and what a feeling of accomplishment that has brought to me and frustration because man, those tomatoes are something else. And I thought they were going to be real easy. Absolutely. I thought they were going to be so easy. And now I'm researching all these pros on YouTube about why are my leaves yellow? What is this? What is root right. rot? And how do I prevent that? And maybe we'll have a fun episode about that later with somebody from the co-op. But, um, um, but you made a really good point about almost relearning how to be a parent, a wife, um, a supporter. Not that we're n- not already good, but this whole pandemic and quarantine really provides a lot of new challenges and opportunities for growth within our, our households. And, Absolutely. you know, what's very interesting is we researched the numbers for police reports and, and different crimes in our service area, our nine county service area. And what we have found interesting is that we've heard a lot of word on the street saying that the crime has gone down. But I think it's just changing. Now, this is just speculation, but um, there's a lot of increase in alcohol-related crime. Mm-hmm. And I think people are frustrated and they don't know how to cope with each other, cope with their situation, job loss. People are grieving and they're trying to turn yes, somewhere absolutely. to try to figure yeah. out, okay, how do I deal with all this emotion I feel on the inside? You guys offer a lot of opportunities to help people get out of the hole that they feel like they're stuck in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the founder, Miss Patricia Flowers, I mean, working this first how much she is a jewel. She has so much wisdom so much knowledge and she has um, information that will actually want you to change or to improve the quality of your life. I'll never forget when I met her. um, She just, I was drawn by her wealth of knowledge and it is definitely that. It was a wealth of knowledge and it caused me to think more in depth of things that, you know, I wanted to do or things that I wanted to do in the future. So, so for that, I'm grateful for really excited about what we're planning to do. And we want to talk more about health equity and, like I said, improving people's quality of life and yes. finding opportunities to earn extra income. So it's so much entwined with this because poverty, it is entwined with the concept of social determinants of health, where you work, where you live, where you play, where you worship. Those things do affect your health. But here's the issue. If you have things in your community that was not of your choice, it's kind of hard to make better choices based on what you have available in your environment. Yes, when you have limited resources or you're not aware of resources that are available, that that feeling of um, being trapped or why try, I could really see how that could overwhelm somebody that's in that situation. This is my opinion. Sometimes I think that when you have resources, you think that everyone has them. Mm-hmm. But then when you start talking to others, you're like, oh, people don't, some people don't have what I'm thinking that they have. So it makes you be more intentional in trying to be unbiased and try to be more of a servant mm-hmm. rather than thinking, oh, everybody has everything. And that's not true. 
this could be a whole nother topic for a whole nother day, but I want to bring up black maternal health and the equity around that because you blew my mind about what a month or two ago you shared at a community meeting and my jaw, I had to pick it up off the floor because even though I have friends from different cultural backgrounds, this has never been brought to my attention until you shared this. So can you please enlighten our audience about black maternal health and and how that relates with relationships, how that relates to our the care that we need, the care that we feel like we're not getting? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So this is home for me because I was personally affected. Mm. Um, I was blessed with a beautiful miracle, me and my husband, and not knowing that I would have had to have my son five weeks early, and the recovery of dealing with that. It was life-changing. You know, when you're young, or even when you're like a young, like in the early parts of your life, like early 20s, you have in your mind, oh, you know, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to get married, I'm going to have kids. Never do you think that you're going to have complications. Never do you think you're going to have issues that are going to arise, right? Yeah. And so um, with having my son five weeks early, it really, you know, changed us. But just the blessing of having him because of the fact that, number one, I'm African-American and having fibroids, very common among African-American women. As a matter of fact, African-American women are twice as likely or even three times as likely to have them as opposed to uh, other races or non-Hispanic women, as statistics has mentioned. Mm. The reasons for that vary. Some say it may be diet. Some say it may be environment. The list goes on and on. But not even just the fact of fibroids here. It's the fact that in, in maternal health in general, in terms of infant and maternal um, mortality, black women are five times as likely to be affected as compared to white women or any other race for that matter. That's amazing. <laughs> it is. And what's also amazing, what I'm finding out, is this has not just happened. I think more awareness has went around it because it's, it's more prevalent and people see, you know, the effects of it, but historically speaking, this has been going on for over six decades. So this didn't just happen yesterday. This has been happening for a while. And reasoning for this happening is people will definitely reach out to say, oh, it's because low income or oh, it's because of this. Well, in terms of the income, just like with me, I am a black woman who has a master's degree and I still had a baby five weeks early. So it's not related to income. It's not related to education. But what it is related to is race. Mm. The racial inequities that black women face, not even just in um, the world, but if we're going to take it home into the healthcare field, the, the things that they encounter with being treated differently or not being given all of their options. And yet again, historically, you know, African-Americans have went through so much oppression in healthcare. For example, perfect example, Henry L. Lacks, um, who we thank because of HEVA sales, her surgical sales were taken 
um, because they wanted to see if she had cervical cancer. But in the midst that she did, her cervical cells were taken, and of course she passed away. But they were using; they kept replicating, which thus we have HeLa cells. But the crazy part is, they never took them with her permission; they were just taken. Wow! So knowing that and thinking about the historically and, and where we are now and all the uh, inequities that we deal with in terms of race, it is mind-boggling. Um, but like back to what I was saying about the, you know, the reasons, um, it definitely, I really think for just the research that I'm currently doing and just kind of working on, I really think it deals a lot with race and how um, people's biases are included um, holistically in the community of who black people are or what they think. But in addition to that, the culture that is embedded within um, the community and in, in where they may be geographically. We know here in the South, you know, let's be honest, racism is still here. It's everywhere. It is but everywhere. It's definitely deep in the South. And so I'm hoping and I'm praying that as we matriculate through the years to come, you know, that we see better outcomes for our African-American women and that they know what resources are out there for them and not to allow the ideologies of the community to hinder them from making the best choice for their own health. So what I'm almost hearing, if I'm not mistaken, is not to be treated as an object, but to treat objectively the situation. Yes. That's correct. That's exactly what I'm saying. We are all humans, and we all bleed the same. (laughs) The only difference is we just have different pigmentation Mm. of melatonin, and that's okay. And that's what makes us all beautiful and creative and unique and just magnificent. Um, I do, me personally, I believe in God. I know other people believe in other religions, and I accept that. But who I believe in and him being the creator, I feel as though he created us to be just what he wanted us to be. If he wanted us all the same, he would have made us that way. And since he and if we say that we love him, whether we're white, black, Hispanic, Asian, we should all have his characteristics to love one another. Mm. There shouldn't be differences. Just because I physically see that you're different doesn't mean that I shouldn't accept you spiritually and even physically, as my brother or sister. There's a lot to be said, too. You said we are all created to be who we are right now, not to conform. Like, we weren't made to be a chameleon. We were made to be a human and individually so. And that really ties in with domestic violence and abuse because so many times when we find ourselves in a toxic relationship, that person's trying to get us to conform to who they want us Mm -hmm. to be and so often than not you have somebody who's like okay in order to be accepted and loved I have to be this person who they want me to be instead of saying they don't love me for who I am now and and recognizing that we change who we are to be loved and accepted hence all the selfies on social media and filters that we use because we don't like our blemishes or my bad side of my face or my good side of my face we have to be liked and accepted and some, some of us go far beyond measures that are necessary to be liked. And I did that. I used to do that a lot. And that can be a very addictive habit if we don't keep it in check. All these things like race and health equity and relationships, 
This has all been put in the same pot of the COVID quarantine. And I know you have seen, I have seen, we know because of the work that we do, Brittany, that it's just a matter of time before the numbers reported climb back up again because we know what's going on because we're in this kind of a field. So what what are your thoughts on that with um, what people might be going through right now and what do you want to say to them? Well, my thoughts on it is, number one, my heart is grieved by the resources that are limited for certain people, such as loss of a job, loss of the normal that we want to know. But even though there is a loss, there are definitely gains in it that you can be resilient in moving forward and having innovation to do something different and something new and something that will be better than what we initially thought, right? And that it's really achievable. With everything going on with COVID-19, knowing what is already present in infant and maternal mortality, my concern deepens with pregnant women, all pregnant women, not just black, but all pregnant women. But all we can do is be preventative and to take care of ourselves. And self-care is included in that. And I really feel as though we really need to take the time to make sure that we're doing everything we possibly can to be uh, to have a holistic view of what's going to make us healthy. Yes, it's eating good, you know, eating right and exercising, but it's also sleep. It's also taking that time to enjoy something that you enjoy doing, such as reading or if you haven't had a cupcake <laughs> you know, to enjoy that so that your body and your your mind and your heart you're not so filled with anxiety and another tip that I give not being so involved with the news yes you do need to be informed but not to the fact that you're you're developing anxiety and depression yes um, what happens is your body it releases that hormone cortisol and all you're doing, you're just allowing stress to just flow all throughout your body. And it's not helping you or it's not helping your family members. It's not helping anybody. So it's just important at this time to make sure that we're doing everything we can to really be in um, in tune with ourselves and taking care of ourselves so that we can make better decisions. So when we go back to whatever this new normal may look like, we are going in ahead for it and that we're going to be in this together. And I'm just praying and hoping that every individual that hears this is taking care of themselves. Now, when I say that, you know, somebody may be saying, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. It depends on what you want it to look like. Taking care of yourself may be, if they're toxic to your peace and you being sane, <laughs> they're taking care of yourself me. I need to find a way to not engage in these negative thoughts so that you don't put yourself in a position where you're unhealthy. Does that make sense? Yeah, in a, in a way, it's almost like you have to rewire the way that you do relationships. Because I'm even thinking, oh God, you know, geez. what if it's like a mother or father or cousin who has been a part of your life forever, but every time you're around them or you communicate with them, they're negative, they bring you down. Right. Or they're just, their vibe's not going along with what you're trying to accomplish in life. And... Right. being okay with saying, hey, I'm just going to limit my contact with this person and not just be like, hey, I'm cutting you out. 
but slip on back away from the chaos that they create in your life and it almost feel like a burden's been lifted off your shoulders am i not right absolutely yes yes exactly in addition to that not only would you be releasing the toxicity but adding in positivity yes um, i i listen to podcasts and i listen to uh, a few people on, on YouTube, and they're putting in great positive feedback that I need to be the best version of myself. And that's where I am right now in this season. That's where I am right now in my life. I need to be the best version of myself so that I can be the best version to my husband and my son and my family and my employees, you know, and my uh, coworkers. But in, in that, Sarah, it comes accountability. I mm. cannot wait on someone to arrive to say, I'm going to help you take care of yourself. No. I'm taking charge and saying, okay, Brittany, you know the things you got to do. You know the things you got to do to take care of yourself. Let's do them. Sometimes I think we overthink how to do things. Like, oh, yeah. we try to plan the plan. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm guilty of that. I've done it. And I think that's why we just procrastinate, you know. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then you look around. It's four years later, and you haven't done it. Transparent point. I went through my journal the other day, and I went back to a, uh, an excerpt that I had almost two years ago. And some of the things I've accomplished, but majority of them, I'm like, okay, you can't just talk about this. You can't just even write it. There has to be action with it. So belief and faith and action is going to be able to execute those things. Mm-hmm. Now, in situations where it may seem you can't do things, there's always a way out. It's just a matter of excuse me, being intuitive and being creative in how you're going to get what you what you need. Because I feel like it's always a way to make time to do the things that we want to do. And if I want freedom and if I want uh, peace and if I want joy, I have to do those things that's going to push me to those to those things that I want. Well, look at what we're dealing with right now as a um, community with COVID. We have time now. So what you gonna do? Yeah. You gonna fix your door now? You gonna fix the fridge? Fix that leaky faucet? Grow your garden? I'm gonna ask that. Are you gonna fix your heart? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna forgive? Are Ooh. you going to um, tell people how you really feel about True. things that's really been on your mind? That it, it, we going deep. And you know what? I had a mind-boggling spiritual thought. Okay, and I knew it was it was it was divine. It was of God. I was looking at a show. I love the show, by the way. Called Hometown. You probably seen it. The couple that's from Laurel, Mississippi, mm-hmm. and they were renovating this home. And the thought that God gave me was, you know, that's them renovating that home. But think about what I'm doing to people in the season and renovating them internally. Yes. You know, I'm cleaning up the debris. I'm cleaning up things in their heart. You know, a lot of things are going on. It may not be verbally said. But we know indirectly, we are all being changed in one form or another. Whether it be good or bad, something's happening. But even in that, even if there's no response, guess what? That's still a choice, too. So that's right. change is there. It's just a matter of how you're changing and what is changing. And then in addition to that, in it being changed, what is it going to impact or what is it going to affect? Silence. Just let that marinate a second. Because you are so right. You are so right. 
busy doing projects again we busy our life because that's our um, drug of choice we busy ourselves so we don't have to think about it we distract ourselves so we don't have to think about it but if you get brave and dive into those things that are messing with you you could come out on the other side and you know we can't do it by ourselves that's why we've got community partners out there and that's why we provide links in the show notes and websites for the listeners to connect to afterwards because I'm sure someone listening to this is like you are reading my mail girl and that's all good and great but how do I get help I'm hoping and I'm praying you and I can definitely be a help to someone who's listening and who's like you know I'm at the end of my crossword I don't know what I'm going to do that person can share I have recently been dealing with that like I said at the self-discovery and like you said, have been avoiding things that I knew needed to be fixed, and I just didn't. And I'm going to tell you, the more you keep avoiding it, the bigger the the, the mole is going to be. Mm-hmm. You keep putting stuff on the rug, eventually you're going to see a hump. It may not be there today, but maybe by Saturday. You're like, oh, something's under there. And it's going to cause a problem. And guess what? It's going to cause somebody to fall. That's it may right. not be. Well, it's definitely going to be me, but it may cause somebody else to fall. It, it may affect someone that I truly love. And instead of me being accountable, and this is a deep one and a blunt one and a hurtful one, and being mature enough to fix it. That's right. Because too many times we be childish and say, you know, I'm not going to deal with that. Mm-mm. I'm just going to put it off. But you keep putting it off, it's going to affect somebody. Mm-hmm. Right? So. Is there anything else you would like to share? Say again, thank you so much for considering me and thinking about me to share and I would love to share more. We are all in this together. And I just think it's just good for us to all be strengthened and to grow. You know, to just push past the pain and to see the beauty that's going to come um, as we keep growing to where we need to be. Last thing, yeah. I want to give the website. The site is riseabovepoverty.org. Riseabovepoverty.org. They just go to that website and they can find all sorts of things, right? There are some more things that are going to be added to the website in the weeks ahead. They can also find us on Facebook, Rise Above Poverty. Thank you, Brittany, for um, sharing your heart with us. And somebody may be afraid to make that phone call or walk through someone's front door to get help, but this may give them the courage they need to move forward and, and be heard and be helped the way that they need. Thank oh, you so absolutely, much. absolutely, dear. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for Finding Your Way. Remember, you are the expert of your situation, and help is only a phone call away. Be safe and love one another. If you want to know more about what was shared on today's podcast, check out the links provided in the show notes or visit us online at carelodge.com. Make sure to follow Care Lodge on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you need help, call 601-693-4673. That's 601-693-HOPE. If you're not in the East Central Mississippi area, you can call the National Domestic Abuse Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-7233.